You are listening to a podcast from Mercury International. Andrew Rathbone interviews Richard Hyam, International Sector Head, Finance and Professional Services, about the power dynamics in managing customer relationships. Richard, it's very good to see you again. Yeah, and you, Andrew. In our discussions about the challenges facing relationship managers, one of the things that I get asked in my uh, in my work by by Mercury clients is, what do you do when you have a feeling of powerlessness? What do you do when you feel that all the power lies with other people? Well, Andrew, it's a, a real common problem. I think it's one of the most difficult things about relationship management at the moment is that our organisations give us huge responsibility, but often they don't give us power. So our clients seem more powerful than us, our colleagues seem more powerful than us. It's a continual negotiation. It's a real challenge. And yet, if we can master that challenge, the difference it makes is extraordinary. So when I'm asked that, I actually take a step back from the day-to-day of business And I tell the story of what was going on in Europe in 1938. Okay, tell me more. Okay, well, if you think of the map of Europe and how it had changed between 1919, the end of the Great War, millions dead, and the map of Germany changed radically. And from the Rhineland right to the west of Germany to Silesia in the east, the German people had lost huge amounts of land. And as Hitler began to rise in power, and incidentally, the story that we're going to tell, no nation in Europe comes out well out of this story. But as Hitler begins to rise in power, he begins to look to the east. And the first place he begins to look is Czechoslovakia. And that bit of Czechoslovakia, known as the Sudetenland, where there were lots of Germans, it was German in speech, it was German in culture, it was German in history. And Hitler thought, I want this land for me. And the rest of Europe is faced with a pretty heavy negotiation. Now, we know how it ended. It ended with Germany marching unopposed into Czechoslovakia, And it ended with Chamberlain saying, I have in my hand a piece of paper signed by Herr Hitler. But when you stop and look at the story itself, the message is you have more power than you think. And relationship managers, Andrew, relationship managers have got more power than they think. And this story really illustrates it. Okay, well, elaborate for us then. How how does it illustrate it? Okay, I'm going to paint you a picture. To the east of Germany, in the Czech mountains, one million Czechs stand ready to fight. They're known as great fighters. The landscape is incredibly difficult to attack and easy to defend. And there's a huge number of Czech soldiers. So one million Czechs ready to fight. And the German generals know and believe that were they to invade, the Czechs would win. 
now come with me right across Germany, across the German plain to the Rhine. And imagine for a moment that you are a German patrol looking out through the woods across the Rhine and as they look across the Rhine to the land that their fathers had died in, that their uncles had died in, that their brothers had died in, they look through the woods and what do they see? They see the fortresses of the Maginot Line. Now we know that in 1939 the Maginot Line would be totally overrun. The Blitzkrieg would go round and through and over the Maginot Line and march on Paris. But we're in 1938 and in 1938 the Maginot Line looks impregnable. One hundred French divisions face twelve German divisions. Who has the power? Anyone looking at a map of Europe and seeing one hundred French divisions behind the Maginot Line lined up against twelve German divisions? Only a crazy man would believe that those 12 German divisions had more power than the French. But it gets worse. Not only in the East have we got one million Czechs in the mountains, not only in the West have we got a hundred French divisions facing 12 German divisions, but at sea the British fleet has mobilised. Probably the greatest navy that the history of the world has ever seen. Total dominance. So when you look at the situation in 1938, a million Czechs in the mountains, a hundred French divisions behind the Maginot Line and at sea the British fleet, who has the power? Well, Remember this, you have more power than you think. I, I can see that, Richard. And you've, you've highlighted the dynamic here extremely convincingly. But how do you cope when inside you have that feeling of powerlessness? Well, our story does get worse because not only as the Germans looked at the situation, was there a massive external force against them in reality, but they felt abandoned, they felt under pressure. And relationship managers often feel abandoned and isolated. Their words are here, I felt so alone. I didn't feel I was backed by my organization. And in our story, Hitler's closest ally, Mussolini, had said, please don't invade Czechoslovakia because I cannot back you. So it gets worse. Hitler is isolated. From the other side of the Atlantic, Roosevelt had indicated that were Czechoslovakia to be invaded, he would come to the aid of the Czechs. And it gets worse still in what should have been a sense of powerlessness on the part of Hitler because Hitler gathered a mass rally to invoke the spirit of Germany against the Czechs to reclaim the Sudetenland. 
to this mass rally, 200 people only turned up. So you imagine how Hitler feels. He looks outside, a million Czechs, a hundred French divisions, the British Navy, no Mussolini, a neutral Roosevelt is against him, and even his own people appear not to be backing him. All the power seems to lie with the Allies. But that's not how Hitler behaves. You have more power than you think. Okay, well, I, I do follow the story and enormously entertaining it is. But you're going to have to bring this closer to home for me, Richard. What are the consequences then for our negotiating behaviour when we have this feeling of powerlessness? Well, something really practical that Hitler did. Hitler knew that he had to negotiate with the Allies and he was going to negotiate with Chamberlain. Now, a few years before, when Franco had negotiated with Hitler, what Franco did was he said, I'm not coming to Germany. Hitler said, well, I'm not coming to Spain. And so they met in France. Now, that's pretty even-handed negotiation. Yeah. Two strong people refusing to budge and yet being able to compromise. But when Chamberlain negotiates with Hitler, where do they negotiate? The first time Chamberlain, an old man, flies across Europe to the Bertesgaden. The second negotiation, does Hitler come to London? By no means. Chamberlain comes to Hitler again, this time to Bad Gottesberg. A third negotiation. Surely now Mr Hitler will be courteous enough to come to London. Not a bit of it. This time Chamberlain flies again, climbs into a plane, flies across Europe, meets Hitler in Munich. That is not the behaviour of a strong negotiator. So we need to ask why Chamberlain with you know, the million Czechs, sure. the hundred French divisions, the British Navy, no Mussolini, Roosevelt, anti, all these problems, only 200 at the rally. Why does Chamberlain feel so weak? It wasn't about the facts, it was about the emotion. If you think of one of the great images, appalling images of the 1930s, it's Picasso's painting Guernica. And what had been happening in Spain in the 1930s was that the Condor Legion had been testing out uh, military German hardware, in particular the Stuka. And Europe had seen, and in all the newsreels across Europe in the late 30s, was the impact that the German Air Force could have on a civilian population. With uh, the infamous dive bomber, of well, course. Absolutely, and the sirens going and people scattering... And in London, Chamberlain's generals had said, if we're attacked like that, we'll run out of coffins within a month. So when Chamberlain negotiates, at the back of his mind is huge fear. Fear of the German military machine, even though the facts are that there's Allied dominance. The fear is what debilitates Chamberlain that and not feeling that his people would be behind him because of the memory of the fathers and the uncles and the brothers and the sons 
who had died in the last war. We won before, but it was hard. Dare we fight again? And although Chamberlain should have seen he had the power, he behaved as if he had no power, Hitler realised that he had more power than he thought. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Mercury International. If you'd like to discuss any of these issues with Richard or Andrew, please call me, Claire Newton, on plus four four one nine three two eight four four eight five five.